I'm Lauren. And I'm Austin. We are an interracial couple raising a biracial daughter and have regular conversations about the value of our different experiences and how we want to raise our child. We believe that God made people of different ethnicities for His glory alone. But like many other things sin corrupts, we have made a mockery out of what God meant to be good. And in comes racism, a very real problem plaguing our hearts and minds and therefore invading systems of this world. So we decided to hit the record button as we discuss race, division, unity, and how to live a life in opposition to this sin specifically. We hope you'll join us as we dive headfirst into current topics, discuss ways to live a life against racism, and ultimately seek on earth as it is in heaven, a place that will be filled with people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. You're listening to Grace and Race, a podcast about practicing anti-racism and promoting unity in families and communities. Hey, everybody. What do you do? All right. So we are here with you guys today. It's uh, Thursday, January 7th right now. And we're recording this after we put Eden to bed in the evening. And as we were talking about what we wanted to talk about this week, it was just so obvious to us that, that we have to talk about what's been happening in our country. So if you're listening to this later on, then the 6th was the attempted coup at the Capitol where a, a large crowd of Trump supporters uh, stormed the Capitol trying to stop the certification of the election results. And you may be thinking and wondering to yourself, okay, how does that election have anything to do <laughs> with race? And I think that's a, I think that's a good question. And I think that it's got a lot of answers that we want to address in this podcast right now. This has been a heavy couple of days for so many reasons, so many reasons. Um, And we're going to get into a little bit why you may be seeing your black and brown brothers and sisters on Facebook or hearing them in conversations who are grieving about things that have to do with race when you may be thinking from the outside, this doesn't have anything to do with race. I don't know why you guys are bringing it into it. And if that's something you're thinking and you're feeling, we would just encourage you to listen over the next 45 minutes to an hour or so as we have this conversation. And we would also encourage you to listen to your friends who are also crying out and who are saying like this has implications for things beyond what you might see from your own lens. I know that had all of this happened not too long ago for me. So in my like we've kind of talked about my story. So in my high school days or even early college, I I probably would have wondered the same thing and said the same thing. So I hope that you'll you'll give us your ears for a little while and that if you have any questions or if you want to continue the conversation further that you will reach out to us and you'll let us know. Just a couple of quick kind of disclaimers, disclaimers, that's probably a really bad word for this, but that I want to that I want to say at the beginning is one, um, we don't usually do this on our episodes. We don't usually respond to something that's happened in a moment because ever since we started this, um, there haven't been a lot of things that have, of course, been to this, um, this magnitude, but also to necessarily respond to. And we don't always do this. We, we want this podcast to be a little bit timeless to where anybody can go back and look into it. But What we hope is that by responding to this specific situation in this moment in history that we can um, bring up some truths and apply some of the things that we've been talking about over the past 12 episodes to what's going on right now. Because ultimately that's our goal is to apply what we've been talking about into our everyday lives. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I want to say is that We've really attempted to kind of steer clear on our political opinions and views um, in a specific way, I guess, um, because we want to, 
I don't know, just kind of stay within this topic. And so today, it's really hard to do that. It's it's really hard to say um, we are not going to talk about a specific politician because this was brought on by a very specific politician. And so um, we are going to be talking about we are going to be talking about um, people who are in politics and. We hope that you will hear us out on that and um, that if your heart is feeling a little bit hard toward what we have to say because of that, that um, that your heart will be changed. And then there was one more thing that I was going to say, but I think I forgot. <laughs> yeah, because our dog was annoying me. And so I, Austin just kicked her out of the room if you heard all the squeaking of the doors and stuff. Get out. <laughs> oh, yeah. The last thing that I wanted to say is that we're going to miss things in this conversation. Oh, oh. We're not going to hit it all oh. on the head. We're oh, not oh. going to grasp every single nuance of all oh. of this at all. Oh, oh. Um, and so please have some grace with us as we have this conversation because there's probably going to be something that you feel really strongly about that we leave out. And um, that's because we're human. It's also because we only prepare for this so much. <laughs> we prepare in our own personal conversations and we prepare questions, but uh, we really prefer this to be kind of a little bit off the cuff and and we feel like we work best that way. And so because of that, um, we're not going to have every single point to hit over the last 48 hours. And um, we just ask that you give us a little bit of grace with that. And that if you want us to talk about something else, something more specific, please let us know. Mm-hmm. And um, we can follow up with that either on our social media accounts or maybe in another episode um but yeah if there's something that you wanted us to talk about that we missed please let us know reach out to us um either on my website or um over social media um all of our contact information to do that is in the outro at the very end so yeah we would love to hear from you guys and hear kind of how you're processing this as well and with that all being said let's hop right in all right, Austin. So my first question is kind of general, um, but it's how are you feeling? How are you doing? How are you processing everything that's happened over the last 24 or 48 hours? How am I doing? Um, I made a Facebook status last night. I said me shocked, question mark, not at all. And then I said me heartbroken question mark and I said guilty as charged and I was mourning just oh so much yesterday so much um I think that one of the scariest parts about yesterday was knowing that people were celebrating it People were, and people were saying this was good, and we need to drain the swamp, and and it's the same freaking rhetoric that Trump has said. It's like he really has entered people's minds, and it's just so powerful. And 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 it was crazy because yesterday, America, white America, I believe, was able to see the Hitler comparisons a little bit better. Because I remember, the, the, people get so crazy and so upset about that comparison. How are you tr- How are you comparing Trump to Hitler? Listen, listen, listen. Just breathe. Take a step back. We're not talking about the end. But you have to understand in life, every end has a beginning. And if you look at the earliest stages, being able to literally invest in rallying large crowds, finding people specific names have y'all ever listened to a trump rally he will call out specific people he find that's that's like that was hitler 101 the jews are this this politician is this this person is this you find an enemy you get all people together and then you massage violent rhetoric lock her up lock her up and people were surprised why the fbi found that they were Michigan men. This was before yesterday, y'all, that we're going to kidnap. 
who was it? The governor? The governor of Michigan. The governor of Michigan was going to kidnap her and do what, I mean, God knows what. Just wicked, evil. And this is the baby steps. This would be the beginning. And if we weren't in the country that we are, that has so many checks and balances and so many things, I'm telling you right now, President Trump would love to have the power that Hitler had. He would. I'm not sure if he would have had a vendetta against a racial group. I do know he would like to use it for his own power and his own glory, his own fame, his own money. I do know that. So it was powerful to see white Americans who have voted for or supported or even defended Trump so far and then to say, oh, my gosh, what what have we done? That was powerful. It's not a good feeling at all. You don't want that feeling. You want people to trust you before the crap hits the fan. But it was powerful to see some people going, well, now the people, like I said, supporting it and cheering on. That was just, that was, oh, that's very heartbreaking. It's disgusting. But <clears throat> I get it. I get it. You know, Trump is... He, he wouldn't be who he is without his audience. You, we can blame Trump all day long, but there are people who are supporting him and loving him. Um, he's not doing a mind control like we think it is. It's it's people who are who are falling into this and being okay with using violent rhetoric um, and bragging about that, being braggadocious about violence. Oh, as a public servant, it's just it's just backwards. It's just so backwards. Um, in so many ways. So were you, were you asking me that or just in general, just how yeah. I was feeling? That's that, those are the general thoughts and I'm sure we'll get more questions around race specifically. Yeah, I, I'm feeling a lot of the same things. Um, really specifically, I'm kind of having a hard time with feeling like I saw this coming from a mile away or four miles away you count a mile as a year um and i guess just being a little bit cynical in that yeah. that's just how i don't know that's just how i'm feeling and that's a that's a weird place to be because i want to and i'm i'm being vulnerable on this podcast right now i just want to let you guys know i've I want to feel more, but I feel like I don't and I can't because, because I feel like it's also been a long time coming and I feel a little bit like whenever I say stuff like that, that people call me dramatic or they roll their eyes or they say things like, oh my gosh, words don't really matter. Character doesn't really matter. Mm. And, and we're seeing how much it does i i wanted to read a tweet <laughs> that i saw someone post that i then posted on my on my instagram and and i think that it kind of um represents what like that point and also kind of what we have been saying on this podcast which is that you know, this is not only a result of the last four years, but it's also a result of the last however many centuries that this country and white supremacy has been around. Um, Michael Jolet said on Twitter to anyone saying this is not who we are. Yes, it is. Slavery, genocide, internment, segregation all happened in America. This is the America we don't want to see. But pretending it isn't there gives power because it goes unseen. This is who we are, and we have to change. Mm. And I think that that kind of encapsulates how I'm feeling. It's just like a little bit frustrated by the idea that, quote, unquote, this is not who we are. Again, I'm just feeling a little bit cynical. And probably part of that is because my journey to understanding how our country's history has affected, you know, 
effects today is is fairly new in the grand scheme of my life, right? It's been the last six or seven years, and I'm 26 years old. And so so in all of that, I think I'm, I'm seeing that and I'm seeing it with new eyes um, a little bit. Not as new as maybe everybody listening, but uh, but this is just definitely something where I'm like, it's one of the first things that I've been like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Not only because of the last four years, but I think something had to lead to the last four years. And so... I'm just, I'm processing that right now, and I'll probably be processing it for a while, for a long time to come. So, Austin, I just kind of hit on um, that I felt like I saw this coming. Do you feel like you saw it coming? And if so, why? I actually saw this coming. Um... There was a statement that was said when he started to run. He said, I can go in the middle of, what was it, Broadway or some intersection. He said, I could shoot Times Square somewhere. He said, I could shoot somebody in the face. Trump said this. Y'all, and and listen, if you are pro-Trump and you're listening to this and your skin is crawling, I'm glad it's crawling, but let it crawl for the right reasons. Let it crawl for the right reasons. This is not fake news media. You can look up this quote right now. Go to YouTube. He said, I could shoot somebody in the face. And guess what? They're still going to vote for me. There wasn't gasps. There wasn't a, a pause. There was clapping that followed after that. Laughter that followed after that. Then we started to get the reports in every county that President Trump has a rally. Counties. Hate crimes increased. Some up to over 100%. Rhetoric matters. I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Yahweh made this world with words he literally spoke a lot of the things that we experience now have you felt the sun on your skin have you noticed it goes from day to night have you noticed the seasons that change these are things spoken into existence by the word of god and so then he makes us into his image and gives us the ability to speak He doesn't mute us and say, okay, only I'm going to speak. He gives us vocal cords. He gives us responsibility. He gives us dignity. He says, go out and share. Spread it to the world. And obviously through the fall, we're broken and there's this whole bunch of sin that's entangling us. But you can see the power of words. We can build with our words. We can build people up. We could tear people down. Have you noticed that? Like people don't realize that's a spiritual experience. Have you ever been down when somebody just lifted you up with their words? You literally felt a weight off of your chest, off of your back. It's a spiritual experience. <laughs> it's more than just physiological. It's, it's more than just, you know, oh, sound waves hitting your drums. Y'all, we are souls. We are souls. We are beings that will last Uh, from now from when we were created uh through the rest of time and so have you felt someone say something negative to you that just ruined your day it wrecked your day wrecked your week some of y'all you heard words from somebody that's they said something years ago you're still not the same person because words aren't just words and i thought the christians i thought we would understand that Seeing all the Trump love from Christ followers? Like how? You know how important words are. You know our brother James wrote about taming the tongue. That's not being PC. I I hate PC. Political correct is because you're afraid. You're afraid of looking like a bigot. You're afraid of sounding like wrong. You're afraid not to sound woke. I don't like fear. I don't think fear is healthy for any good relationship. You have to do things out of love, not fear love 
It's not because I'm afraid this person's going to hate me. It's because I want to show love and honor to this person. Where is that at? I see it in the Bible. I see it in Jesus's ministry. I see it in the way God created us. But I'm not seeing it in how we carry it out as a church. So for me, um, yes, I saw this coming. And y'all, it's been God's grace and mercy that this is the first time that it's blown up at this scale. It's by God's grace and mercy. I was expecting something like this to happen a long time ago. Like, seriously. The fact that only four people died. I mean, oh. I've I've imagined much worse. And I'm very thankful that it wasn't worse. Do I like bloodshed? No. My stomach is sick for those four people. Especially, I only know of two one who somebody fell 30 feet which is just traumatic and scary especially the people who saw that and then a young lady shot in the neck or in the chest oh my heart's actually racing talking about it like this is sick stuff I'm, i'm not happy about this at all this is terrible but what i'm saying is this could have been avoided and president trump's rhetoric literally led those four people down there to be killed So, Austin, when you say that President Trump led those four people down there to be killed, that that might be confusing for some people who haven't heard kind of the whole story. So um, I'll just give a quick rundown and then I have a question kind of pointed there when and you can go back, you can go literally watch this video. I'm not I'm not saying something that I saw on any particular news station. I, I watched a video of him saying these words, but. Yesterday, um, Thursday, there was a rally in D.C. And at that, oh, Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. Side note, we're still on the like weird time, that time after Christmas before your life gets back to normal that I don't know days. (laughs) So it's been like Saturday in my mind for the last week or so. But anyway, so on Wednesday, President Trump had a rally, and at that rally, he basically said, and I'm very much, like I said, please go watch the video, because I don't know the exact quote, but he basically said, Mike Pence isn't going to do his job um, by stopping the certification of the election, so someone's going to do it. Somebody needs to stop being weak and go down to the Capitol and stop this where it's at, because the election was rigged because there was massive voter fraud because all of these things that we all know that he's been claiming since the election that have have, are baseless that have no truth to them um because of all of these false claims and conspiracy theories that went around people took that to mean that they needed to go to the Capitol and stop what was going on. And what Trump was doing um, was a form. It, it, it was a form of something called whistleblowing. And Austin has, has taught me a lot about what that word means. And I didn't know what it meant until this past year, actually. And so, Austin, can you talk to us a little bit about what whistleblowing is? And then answered this question for me was yesterday the first time that it has come out of this president's mouth so whistleblowing absolves the person speaking it basically gives you that term plausible deniability a good whistleblower will say and push the right buttons so they can look back and say oh no i didn't i didn't say that you got that that's the whole point but you're rallying up a specific group of people so we actually talked about whistleblowing loosely about racial tensions i think on this podcast and so in this context right uh the whistleblower okay the metaphor would be trump is the whistleblower the whistle would be the rhetoric the words used and the dog so to speak because you the whistle blowing is 
the metaphor is that it's like a dog whistle, right? It's only where the dog's here. So the dog in this case would be people who are passionate enough that who love Trump enough to put their lives and other lives at danger for him to be in power. So he's speaking to those people only, but he's using words that could be applied to someone who voted for Trump, but they're not going to show up at the rally. It could be someone who voted for Trump and doesn't really like him. They just really hate Biden. So you're thinking, oh, no, he's not talking to me. You're right. He probably isn't talking to you. He's talking to the people in his base that he knows will get up and do something. So when he says, oh, oh, oh we need to take you, you're going to need to take your country over and you can't do it by being weak. You got to be strong and you need to go down to the Capitol building. He actually gave a location. You just go down to the Capitol building. That's where it's going down. And then he jumps in in his motorcade and goes the officer way. Or, well, I guess, to the White House. And then New York Times reports. Mike Pence had to push for National Guard to come in. Trump was going to let it play out. Y'all, this is whistleblowing. He was talking to the dogs in this instance. It's in the metaphor. Are people who are willing to hurt and to be hurt. For Trump to be in power. There's a lot of people who are like that, y'all. A lot of people. More than you know. You probably have family and friends. Or at least connection to somebody. Who 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 falls in that category. So when I said he led those four to their death. It wasn't he pulled the trigger. It wasn't he pushed them off the ledge. It wasn't he literally did these things. It's he incited it. He encouraged the events that it would that eventually would lead to. If it was just a rally, it should the rally should have ended right there. Okay, guys, we're done. Uh, looks like it's not gonna happen. I guess. What do you say? We're gonna fight for thirteen days. I don't know. Whatever. So whatever you say when you lose an election and and have no evidence of widespread fraud. Whatever you say there, you say what you say. People leave and go home safely. That's what's supposed to happen. He knew, Mm-mm, no, Mike doesn't have the courage. He even said that <laughs> he doesn't have the courage. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this guy has praised people for punching and assaulting people at his rallies. Go back again. This is video. This isn't fake news. Go watch the videos, please, please. It's not fake news. <laughs> Go watch them. You'll see them live. He's literally inciting violence. Um, so again, like I said, am I shocked? No. Am I heartbroken? Yes. Because you don't want to see people die like that. And you don't want to see people disrespecting democracy and you don't want to see freaking double standards that are just crippling to so many people of color in this country. There's just a lot you just don't want to see. And yesterday provided that for us. So some people are probably still wondering because we've talked a lot about what happened yesterday and um, and we haven't talked so much about race so far in this episode. But I think that it's important that the scene is set so that we can talk about it. <clears throat> and so, Austin, what would you say to someone who asks, what does yesterday have to do with race at all? Yesterday... There's a couple, there's two things I want to hit. One, for those who have been touting Blue Lives Matter. Blue Lives Matter, first of all, it was created to rebuttal Black Lives Matter. Uh, blue lives don't exist. Someone said on Facebook, why? Smurfs don't exist. They're not real. Uh, a blue life is... It's referring to an officer, which is an occupation. Occup your occupation and your race, not the same. Because they're black cops, right? So it, that doesn't even work. That, that blue lives don't even work. So that's where it's flawed. 
but really it's used to rebuttal against black lives. So when black people are hurt and, and crying out for change, police reform, instead of let me hear you, brother. Okay. I didn't think of it that way, sister. I'm sorry. I hate that you guys are going through this. Instead of that, it's well, blue lives matter. Just follow law and order. Uh, law and order was not followed yesterday. I didn't see anyone saying blue lives matter and, about the police at those rallies. Come on. I didn't see anybody saying blue lives matter. And I'm like, where are y'all? I thought blue lives matter. But I know I'm not stupid. It's only used to rebuttal black lives matter. Just like all lives matter. No one really thinks all lives matter. I've literally seen people say all lives matter and thrown on with cuss words and explicits. <laughs> Because, you know, that's not your goal. Your goal is to tell black people to shut up. That's literally what that's why all lives matter was made. That's why blue lives matter was made to show, tell black people to shut up. Stop complaining. That's why no, I'm not dumb. So when you're honest about it and when you really look at it, and you're like, crap, dang. I'm, yeah, I'm really I really don't tell that unless a black person's killed. Um you start to see yesterday it was very very sad what is words that police officers say i was afraid for my life i can kill tamir rice he's playing with the toy gun in front of his yard and i, I pull up on him don't give him any time little to no time to respond you shoot him dead i was afraid for my life that's what you hear why were the white officers not afraid for their lives with mobs with guns with guns with pipe bombs, y'all. Taking flags as javelins. There was a report that one of the officers might lose his eye. What was it? 2550? Bruised up, bloodied, battered. I'm talking about officers. So why was your life not a threat? Oh, oh. But Zimmerman. Yeah, when one teenage boy was on top of me, I was whew, I was done for. Had to shoot him. You understand, right? Do you know how stupid that sounds? Like I'm we're not dumb. We're not dumb. If you don't feel threatened your life with hundreds, thousands of people coming to take over your space not to listen to law and order not to respect authority if that doesn't fear you for your life but one black person who might have a gun don't really know does what does that say about you where are your fears and that was disgusting to see so many white people just disrespecting and spitting on the freaking blue lives that they've been trying to prop up as pawns to mm -hmm. shut black people up. Mm -hmm. It it made me actually sad for a lot of the police officers. So I was like, wow, y'all really thought y'all had support. <laughs> I bet y'all did. Y'all really thought people had y'all they had y'all back. They really didn't. They were using the police. That sucks. I don't like that. So that was that was that was wild from that front. And then it was also wild from the front of if we're going to move forward, we have to be able to call out hypocrisy. And we need white people to say, you're right. I was wrong. I had a double standard there. You're right. That that wasn't right. That didn't line up. We need that. There, there will not be a moving forward unless there's honesty. You can't have a good relationship with somebody if there's not honesty. You've got to be honest. You're right. Double standard here. Someone had a picture of Bin Laden and uh, he was asking, it's a meme. All you have to do is walk up to the front door. And what would you say, Lauren? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bin Laden doesn't brown with a hijab on yeah you ain't making it up those stairs you shot down and you called a terrorist before the news even leaks and and y'all questioning what's white privilege come on go watch the video you'll see white privilege 
to be able to go up and disrespect and walk out alive in one piece. Not arrested. Not arrested. Just just in the, the president of the United States says, I love you. You're special people. Go home. I love you. That's why that's why privilege. And um, that's a part of it, because we have to call these things out and show the double standard. If we don't, a lot of people are going to continue to miss what's really happening right now. I think one thing that I'm processing through and I feel I feel a little bit of my of my own privilege coming out and saying this because I've only been processing this for a short amount of time. Um, and that's because I didn't have to think about it for much of my life. But is the fact that an unarmed black man is seen as more threatening than an armed white mob. And that it's, it's first of all, it's completely unjust and it's sinful. And if that is in my heart or anyone else's, then it needs to go now. But I think for me, it's just, it's just, it's a, heavy thing to process and the fact that my husband's a black man and my son who I'm carrying right now um will be a black man in America and I don't know it's just heavy and so I think if if your thought in all of this is that nothing about yesterday had anything to do with race Again, I said this at the beginning, but I would just ask you to stop and to listen. And I would also ask you to think back to this summer and think about had the mob at the Capitol been a group of people who wore Black Lives Matter shirts, how different it would have looked. And one thing that is just wild to me is that this wasn't a this wasn't random there was actually there were people reporting that there were going to be protests at the capitol for for 4 days and so officers had plenty of time to quote unquote get ready right they had plenty of time to have their tear gas and their rubber bullets and all of the things but that wasn't deemed as necessary. And I think that that's probably because they under they, they felt like a group of white protesters wouldn't be nearly as threatening in their mind as a group of black protesters slash protesters for the Black Lives Matter movement. But also, what I'm saying in this is not that I think that every protest should be met with tear gas and rubber bullets. But that... Police have the ability to not be brutal. And that was very obvious yesterday. That was shown yesterday. Um, and that wasn't a thing this summer. At peaceful protests where people did not get riled up, there was tear gas let off. It was used to, to move crowds around. That's how it was used. If they got a little bit too close, um, you know, to an important building, there would be tear gas let off, but, but not at the Capitol, <laughs> not where they're certifying the election results on the day that they're certifying the election results. That feels much deeper to me, much deeper. And so, again, I would just ask, look at these things through a critical lens. Ask these tough questions whenever you see things like this happening. And if your first instinct is to say, well, that doesn't have anything to do with race, I would ask you to take a minute. And the other thing that I'll say is to anyone who's listening who posted about the looting and the 
quote unquote rioting this summer. I actually had someone say to me this summer that all the protests were the same because they all had rioters somewhere in them. But from that same, it wasn't the same person, but from the same group that that person was kind of from yesterday, I saw, well, they're not all rioters. Most of them are peaceful protesters. Okay, that that argumentation doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And so, again, we're asking you to take a look inside, and we're asking you that, and I'm asking you that, as a white woman and that I need, I need to be doing the same, right? I'm not, I'm, I never ask something or I hope I never ask something of somebody that I'm not willing to do it myself, but we need to be looking inside and saying, who are we willing to give the benefit of the doubt to? And if those people always look the same, hello, there might be some racism locked up inside your heart. And I'm telling you guys that that was my story and, and I have to fight for it not to be still, um, And so I think it's just, it's really important that we come to these things not willing to just give the benefit of the doubt without ever asking ourselves why, or not come to something willing to place blame first before ever asking ourselves why. Um, Because I think that if we looked at ourselves and if we looked honestly, and I think I, I really believe and I'm, just, I'm sure I'll get pushed back on this, but I really believe that that's probably the case for most white people in America because of our country's history, because it's so ingrained in, um, in things that we see in media, in maybe in ways that we were raised that consciously or unconsciously, right? I'm not necessarily talking about conscious racism, but maybe it's unconscious, maybe it's subliminal there's it's it's so deeply ingrained it's so deeply ingrained so whenever you look at something like this it's it's there it's clear um and I think this gives us a really hard opportunity to look at ourselves and to look at our country and say is this who we really are and I think unfortunately the answer is yes and I think that that gives us the opportunity to say if that's the case, what can I do to change it? Because I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep, be the reason that this keeps going the way that it does. So Austin. You got to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So real quick, and I want to make it clear. There was gas. There oh, was yeah. police officers fighting back. Like, I don't want to paint this picture like it was no <laughs> resistance at all. I, I'm not saying that. We're saying a large percentage <laughs> did not. Right. A large. So much so there were cops taking selfies. And it wasn't the first response, right? That yes. that tear gas was not met. They were not met with That's the tear true. gas. That's true. Where at a lot of Black Lives Matter protests, they were met mm-hmm. with the tear gas. Mm-hmm. Got you. I just wanted to make that clear because if some people saw a video of gas, then they'll say, oh, the, Austin and Lauren are like, no, no, we saw that. We understand that. We're saying it's a totally different vibe, and you know it, especially when we watch the video of the people inside the building pushing the officers around like rag dolls. Um, you get a pretty good understanding that they knew how not to use deadly force, even though that situation felt very deadly. So Austin, my next question is, so where do we go from here? How do we respond to what happened in light of race and racism in America, both publicly and privately? Understand the nuances of white supremacy. I posted this on my Facebook. We are trained to demonize black resistance rather than the thing that caused the resisting it's crazy i remember in history class when we went through okay here's slavery and they just opened up the black book they didn't cry about it they didn't say this was wrong this was immoral this was evil it was just kind of like hey this is how things were back then and then i remember us turning the pages a couple times and then boom nat turner's rebellion now this was a sad day nat turner killed over 50 white people I remember that like, wait, 
And I remember thinking and said, like, that's interesting. Okay. And just kept moving. But now I'm like, what are you, what? So the institution of slavery that was brutalizing, murdering, raping, pillaging, black bodies, swallowing up them up, millions, by the way, that wasn't the issue. It was when Nat Turner was tired of the demonic actions towards him and used violence to stop violence. That's where the, that was where it was too much. You know, I hear people just crying all the time. Politicians, oh my goodness, affirmative action is terrible. You know, you know what's really terrible? Hundreds of years of legalized segregation and discrimination. That's terrible. Why are you speaking so much about this? The resistance. Why? Oh my goodness, Black Panthers, they're just can't trust them. I feel like I'm in danger. Wait, Black Panthers are more dangerous than the KKK? I've heard that. I've literally heard that. Do you know the history of the KKK? Do you know the Black Panthers came because the KKK existed? It was a group to literally press back to resist. A group that was going to use their Second Amendment rights. Say, okay, if you want to come up and shoot up our house, that's fine. We have guns too. We're going to protect ourselves. Last time I checked, that was American, right? So there is this weird pushing against black resistance. Like it's just bad. It's just wrong. How could you? Rather than the very thing that led to the resistance. So I just tell people, um, how do we move forward? Understand those nuances. Study those nuances. Ask about those nuances. Read. Look up. Research about those nuances. Research. Say, why why are we trained? Um, When we see white resistance, it's not seen the same. It's not seen as patriotic a lot of people kept saying yesterday apparently people on facebook um not mine but one of my friends um they were praising president trump said this was needed drain the swamp I'm like really and it's just it's just powerful so just look at look at the the hypocrisy um also to understand this we have different lenses on what we see is black people in America who, who wrestle with the racial tensions. Uh, what we experience, what we see, what we feel, we are literally sharing it with you so you can process it and think about it. Quit being so quick to agree to disagree. I hate that. I freaking hate that. It's so, Especially as a Christian, it's so weak. Let's just agree to disagree. That's not your goal. Your goal is to love your neighbor. If it leads to the road of agreeing to disagree, okay, fine. Then it leads there, and you can't do anything about it, fine. But don't don't kick off with it. Don't go into a convo. Don't go into a situation. Don't go into a friendship. Don't go into a family relationship. Let's agree to disagree. <laughs> like, that's the ultimate goal. That's the greatest goal. No, it's not. The greatest goal is for you to humble yourself and listen to your black brother and sister who's crying out of pain. That's the best thing. And if you can't get there yet, then okay, we'll agree to disagree. Hopefully one day you'll hear me loud and clear. It'll make more sense. We'll move on. But the goal isn't to agree to it. That's not the goal. The goal is for you to grow in empathy and sympathy and love and sacrificial love and love that places someone else's life more higher than your own. As a Christian, that's the goal. Not to agree to disagree about things that you can never possibly experience firsthand. That's not your goal, Christian. So I'd say moving forward, get that rhetoric out of your head. Get that. I've seen so many people. Uh, Chris, uh, what was it? Chris Christie. I love having friends that I disagree with. This is not about disagreements for some people. This is about their lives. It's more than just politics. So you're talking about with people's personal lives that are affected like when the president of the united states told the proud boys a white supremacist group stand by what was it stand back and stand by Mm -hmm. look we could look that up too that's a video it's not fake news it's an actual video i have to say that because of what he's done to the media it's actual video you can look up the footage stand back stand by that impacts my baby girl she's black and she's white she's biracial 
that impacts her. It does. And I don't have another episode right now to tell you exactly how, but I know this. There was a woman in the RNC who has a biracial son, and she literally said, if cops treat my darker skinned son with uh, more fear, that doesn't make them racist. It makes them smart. Because if you look at the statistics, black people are usually more aggressive and violent. That's what she said. So she said that was smart by the police. For a child. For a child. Her child that she adopted. Just disgusting. You don't think that's going to have negative implications? Again, that's a different episode. But I just want y'all to know this is real. This is raw. It's not a stretch. It's going to feel like a stretch in your mind because you don't live this existence. Of course, it's going to feel like a stretch to you. That's okay. But try to... go in between the gap and figure it out how is it not a stretch what's what are they going through what are they sensing what are they feeling start valuing your black brother and sister uh and what they're experiencing what they're feeling what they're sensing what they're seeing what they're hearing start valuing that value do you know what value means it's worth something to you you don't just discard it you hold on to it. You listen. You marinate. You pray. You process. You take time. You're not cor- corrupting. You're not disrupting. You're listening. Do you understand what value is? Value your black brother and sister who doesn't sound like Candace Owens. You got to. If we're going to move forward, you got to. If not, don't be surprised when these things happen and you're <sighs> just mad all the time, angry. What are they talking about? What are they what are they complaining about? What's what is it now? Black Lives Matter. You find yourself complaining all the time, all the time. Your black friends sound just like you. <laughs> You're just gonna get caught in this cycle. So, moving forward, I just threw a lot at you. Um, you might want to rewind it because I forgot the order. <laughs> but <laughs> long story short, walk in love. Walk in love. And value when someone has a different experience value that and love them through it uh, because that that's where transformation happens um, and that's where progress happens I think one more thing that I do want to hit on before we kind of go into our last question is that the people who went to the Capitol it wasn't just about politics for them um, they brought a confederate flag They brought a noose and they brought a flag that said Jesus saves. And if, if we can't look at that and say the name of Jesus is tied into a lot of things by people, right? Not by his word, not by God's word, um, that are, very anti God's word, then I think we're blind. We're blinding ourselves. At the end of the day, we have talked about on this podcast before that Christianity and the Bible and that the name of Jesus was used to blaspheme God's name in enslaving and mistreating his image bearers. And so Christians look at that and don't say this was just about politics. It was never just about politics. It was never just about politics. The history of our country, the power that is that is desiring to be upheld by these people, there is racism tied up in it. It, it is all tied up in it. It's all entangled in it. And I would just ask that you look at that and you recognize that. And in moving forward, if you have close friends or family members who are cheering on what happened yesterday at the Capitol, have a conversation with them. Have a conversation with them. Right? We, we've had, we, we've given lots of tools, um, Lots of conversation starters over the course of this podcast, but 
this it is time and here's the thing again people are probably going to call me dramatic but I don't think that this is the end I don't think that this is the last thing that we're going to see we saw a buildup, right the first not the first thing but we saw people with guns at government buildings we saw an attempted kidnapping of a governor we've seen this and the thing is is that they planned to go and once they got there they really had no plan well what happens if they have a plan what happens next time whenever they do have a little bit better of an idea of what to do? And I'm not saying that to like impose fear, but to say like if you've got a friend or a family member who is all tied up in this, go to them, talk to them, have a conversation with them. And you may not be 100% successful, probably not, because again, there's a lot of a lot of undoing that has to be done, but we're talking about we're talking about a really messed up mindset that is in existence. And so if you know someone and you have the ability to have this conversation with them, please do it. Um, please do it. Please don't let a friend or family member be the next one to storm the Capitol. Um, because a lot of the people who died yesterday, if not all of the people who died yesterday, I don't, I don't know 100%. But at least two of the people who died yesterday were there protesting. They were there. They were the ones who were going. And it's, it's, it's dangerous. This is a dangerous place to be. And it's dangerous for the people who are doing it. And it's dangerous for our country. Um, but Austin, I have one last question for you. So in seeing all of this, in the midst of all of this, seeing what happened yesterday, having seen that noose, the Confederate flag, and then also thinking back to this summer and the response, the the difference in responses this summer. How do you move forward with hope for the future? I, um, okay, two parts. Hope. Okay, so hope from like a temporal, like America, could it be better hope like that okay cool jesus saves that was the same signage and rhetoric that the kkk used people don't know this that's because the schools don't teach you the history it's crazy it's crazy um they don't want you to be mad at america that's what it feels like <laughs> rather than just telling you the truth and say hey we need to be better um, Jesus saves was a cry for KKK members. Um, <clears throat> you can go on and actually go to Google right now and look up Jesus saves KKK or white supremacists and look up images and you'll see a lot of that. So I was seeing a call back to the wickedness and the evil and to see so many Americans say no. That's not okay. There was hope there because the KKK has flourished for so long because people remained silent and said, that's just the way it is. Uh, so the fact that we had so many people, whether it was Republican, Democratic, whether it was white, black, so many people say, this is not okay. This is unacceptable. There was hope from the temporal small like oh there's hope that in the near future this could be further in our in our rearview mirror now my eternal hope is in king jesus and king jesus promises y'all a land that president trump that joe biden that barack obama george bush that no leader no president can ever offer it's a kingdom and this kingdom exists with absolute absolute power and reign going straight through the greatest being in the universe okay uh king jesus offers citizenship into the kingdom of heaven and Lecrae said it so powerfully. He said, right now what's going on is the kingdom is clashing with the empire. See, people see America as an empire and they don't want the empire to lose its punch. They don't want America to fall. 
And the sad part is people don't realize America will fall because every nation will fall because every nation is flawed. Every nation is ran by people and people are sinful. And even when people have great runs, you will fall. It's just it's, it's just think of it as uh, gravity. What goes up must come down in a Genesis three world, a world with brokenness. So America will fall and we're not we don't know when could be this year it could be a hundred years now a thousand years from now i don't know but the idea is that people are more concerned christians are more concerned about the empire of america rather than the kingdom of god of heaven uh, they'd rather storm a building and hurt and potentially kill people uh, rather than pray to god and say lord what would you have me do to serve the person that's persecuting me uh, that's what's crazy. Jesus Jesus says, bless those who persecute you. <laughs> Love those. Pray for those who persecute you. <laughs> and for some reason, uh, Christians in America, we think um, killing and assaulting uh, is what God calls us to do. And then they say, call it righteous anger. Very wicked. So I'd say my hope is in King Jesus. And King Jesus is doing a beautiful work in the church right now. I'm seeing white Christians who never cared about race, to be honest with you, or saw it in very harmful and toxic ways, are acknowledging it in a very fruitful and biblical manner and want to be a solution and not the problem. So I'm seeing King Jesus work in the church, even all the disappointment that I see in the church, all the white Christians who have literally scarred me, hurt, just try to break me in two, it feels like. I still see God being merciful and working in so many others. And so for the white Christians, you know who you are. God's been working on you. You've been responding and listening in love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. Um, but yeah, so that's my hope in a temporal kind of, mm, what would you say? Micro hope. <laughs> and then my ultimate macro hope um, is in King Jesus. And I'm so excited for that day but until then i mean i want more people in the kingdom um allegiance to jesus because he he talks about the heart issues he talks about our condition no one else does that y'all it feels like almost every other worldview wants you to make you feel like you're a good person and you're fine and now king jesus shoots you straight he says listen you're sick you need the physician <laughs> you're hungry you need some food man you're thirsty you need the good water he he calls you right where you are and says, I have what you need. I have it. Just trust me. I have what you need. And so I love that welcoming component. And uh, I, I challenge believers to recommit to their first love and those who aren't believers um, to pursue Christ. And it looks different for different people at different times. Uh, might just be opening up your Bible that you have or looking it up on Google. Um, but seeing what King Jesus has to offer, especially when we're seeing all these earthly kingdoms just disappoint us day after day after day. Thanks, Austin. That was helpful. Um, I think that one of my favorite things to record so far has been our Christmas episode, which was a shorter one. And it was just kind of talking about the the hope that Christ brings into this conversation about race. And, um, and so if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling, um, you know, all of the feelings that would be very appropriate <laughs> to be feeling in this moment and, and you want something to uplift you a little bit, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Um, if you want to have more conversations about this with friends and family member who, family members who are maybe in a good spot to have a conversation right now because, um, because it's being talked about publicly, uh, go back and listen to our Hard Conversations episode. That would be a good one to listen to. Um, but yeah, we... We appreciate you guys coming back week after week. If you're new here, welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we would so appreciate it if you guys would subscribe, if you would uh, leave a rating and review because it just helps other people find us. And yeah, we're we're grateful for you guys. If you have 
any further questions, want us to clarify anything, or um, just want to kind of continue this conversation at all, um, you know where to find us, Instagram, uh, Lauren, two underscore Groves, and Groves8070, and then you can go to my website, www.laurengroves.me, go to the contact form, and send us an email that way. That would be great, but thank you guys. We appreciate you, and we will chat with you next week. Love y'all. Grace and peace. Thanks so much for listening to Grace and Race. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and also took away some points so that you too can better commit to practicing anti-racism in your own family and community. If you want to stay updated on episodes and join further conversations, head to laurengroves.me backslash join our list. That's laurengroves.me backslash join our list to join our email list. You can also follow us on Instagram at Lauren, two underscores, Groves, or Groves8070 to stay updated with our family and join conversations on our public platforms. Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you again soon.